Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. I'm your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining us here in the beautiful Viking and La Cornue showroom in the Merchandise Smart, here with my dear friend and co-host, Chef Jamie Larita. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> and I am so excited about today's guest. We are going to learn all about spirits. Yes, we with Monique Houston, who is the National Director of Winebow Spirits. Welcome to Kitchen Chat. Thank you, Margaret. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited, too. Jamie, I don't know a whole lot about spirits and distilling and, and all of that. And, Monique, you have such a unique perspective on this. It's interesting. It's, um, you know, no one can say that they grew up yearning, you know, to study these things. Obviously, we all had to be 21 before we really got into it. That's right, kids. Yes. You heard it here first. Heard it here Only first. over 21. Yep, yes. exactly. You can still <laughs> listen, but don't drink any of right. this. Right, right. No drinking. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really, um, I started life studying engineering and found it to be quite boring. So I like to say I began studying wine. Um, which just meant drinking quite a bit of it, and then heard that people could get uh, a sommelier certification, so kind of like a degree in wine. Who knew? And, you know, this is 20-plus years ago, or now I'm aging myself. Um, <laughs> but then that really quickly moved into a great love of spirits. So a lot of my life is concerned now with um, spirits, including my favorites, scotch and mezcal, fortunately Ooh. things that are really trending and, uh, and wonderful right now. So. I've had a lot of... Um um, training <laughs> with mezcal. And, and what recently, does that mean, Jamie? <laughs> um, drinking, okay. uh, especially in Tulum in Mexico. And also I've had some training with scotch. So it's really, it's good fun. And it's, um, I'm finding that a lot of people don't really think about the connections between food and spirits. We very mm. often think about, for a long time, we thought about pairing wine with yes. food. And then that's kind of moved into pairing beer with food. And now, mm. thankfully... For me, in my business, um, it's really grown into pairing meat spirits with food, cocktails with food, oh, yeah. and really yeah. just broadening. Sure. Um, I yeah. mean, cocktails have uh, always been in our lives, but these days in all the restaurants um, worldwide, uh, cocktails are pretty much at the forefront. Mixologists yes. are becoming the celebrities of the restaurant now. I ask them, they have become the celebrities. Right. I'm not a fan of the word mixologist. We're hoping that it goes away. What, you, what would you rather yeah. I say? No, no, I'm not beating up on you. No, don't it's beat me up, first of all. I'm very, very, um, very fragile. But what's the proper word? It's, it's interesting. A friend of mine said mixologists serve drinks, bartenders serve people. And to me, mm. as with food, it's about your guest. And it's about the guest experience. And I got a little exhausted, let's say five to seven years ago, you would go to a spot to have a cocktail and you might wait five minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes while the magician disappeared behind the curtain and they're smoking things and spraying things and all this. I just want a drink. You know, it's Friday. Girl, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah, so I want to get back to it being about, yes, super high quality ingredients put together in a really thoughtful way that tastes absolutely brilliant, but I'd like it to take a minute, you know, and I want engagement. I want Mm -hmm. conversation. I bartended for years. 
Um, so, so I'm really happy to see people getting back to it being about service level. I think it's really important. So bartenders, the bartender, yeah. heck yeah, okay. I'm with Old you. I, don't, I mean, I don't go and say, um, why don't we go see our mixologist? <laughs> Yeah. You know, I don't I've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, a, I need a prescription. Exactly. <laughs> we hope not. Um, but yeah, it's it's they. A lot of them are really stars. We've seen a good friend from Chicago, Charles Jolie, just did the cocktails for the Oscars right. for the umpteenth time. Wow. So a lot of talent right here in Chicago. Um, amazing cocktails to be had, yes. along with all of our food. And there's a real science and preparation and study to get to that level. You're telling me about. We all know about sommeliers, but what is it about? Spirits. What in, in in London? What? Well, so spirits. So even to become a sommelier, you have to have a lot of knowledge about spirits. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about the grapes and the different varietals and the appellations. You have to learn about spirits, the service of spirits, making cocktails. You need to know the difference between brandy, which is essentially distilled wine, mm -hmm. distilled fruit, and mezcal, which is distilled agave or whiskey. And more and more, um, I mean, unfortunately for some of the wine people, the trends actually now are that people are moving away from wine mm. and more into spirits. And, and we all know craft beer is way, way up, but you're kind of everyday, those kind of, you know, lager beers. Mm -hmm. Those people are turning into spirits drinkers. And so would you say that was at the last, over the last five years, the growth? Absolutely. Because I know with the brand, I had my own wine brand in the market. That's right. And I noticed that the uh, distributor that I was with um, started, this was going back three years, four years ago, they started their own arm of spirits. Yes. And that's the reason why. Very much so. And mm -hmm. so we see, um, you know, not to abuse, you know, millennials, but, but we see a lot of millennials really trending towards spirits. We actually mm -hmm. see overall pe people drinking less, people drinking lower alcohol, mm -hmm. people drinking healthier. But when they are drinking, they're drinking a bit more expensive, a bit more high end, and really looking, as we were talking about earlier, about for transparency. Transparency yes. in every single level. And, and this is so mind boggling. Could you please share with all of us about what you see on the bottle and read on the bottle isn't really it, it what can it be very misleading. Is. Yes. Yeah, so I was we were talking about if you're looking at a whiskey and it doesn't actually say the words distilled in place X, distilled in Chicago, Illinois. If it says produced, if it says bottled, if it says the water was sourced at place X, those terms don't legally mean anything. The only thing on the bottle that means something is distilled in this particular place. So a lot of distilleries, when they first start, they don't have aged whiskey. You know, so if somebody starts a distillery in your neighbor's garage and tomorrow they have four-year-old bourbon, well, we know that your neighbor Bob didn't make that four-year-old bourbon. He sourced <laughs> it from a distillery somewhere. There's no problem with that right. as long as you're transparent about it. Huh. So some companies have really made um, a great name for themselves in sourcing fabulous whiskey and adding their own spin to it, blending it well or okay. finishing it in a sherry wine barrel or something unique. Other folks have gotten in trouble, even legal trouble, by not disclosing those details and having them exposed. So we love it. I mean, people are asking mm -hmm. really hard questions. And the folks, you know, that have spirits and things that we should be drinking are able to answer them. And do you find, as a chef and going to way too many restaurants uh, lately, so fluffy here? In, <laughs> oh. It's been so cold here in Chicago. All I do is eat. But do you find that um, with spirits, uh, just like food trends happen, fashion trends happen, are there spirit trends that happen? Absolutely. And yeah. what's you, trending right now? You just hit on one. I mean, mezcal yep. and Tulum. I mean, that's a thing. We've got a, if we want to sip on a little mezcal, I brought a little secret yes. mezcal um, and a little bit of whiskey. I got to, you know, have whiskey, we'll travel. You don't want to know why women carry those huge bags for me? It's because we're carrying spirits around. 
I knew it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but mezcal is, a, is is definitely a big trend. People are really um, hip to looking at a sense of terroir in spirits, a sense yes. of the land, a sense mm. of the rain patterns, the weather patterns, where things come from. And agave is really special in that it's the only organic material that we, we drink a distillate that's made from it, but it doesn't mature year on year. Um, this particular one is a Tepestate varietal from um, some dear friends of mine at La Lucura. So an yes. amazing, amazing distiller down in Oaxaca, Mexico. So you have to smell this. And this particular type, mm -hmm. so a lot of agave that we drink, so te tequila is made mm -hmm. from one type of agave. Mezcal okay. is made from many types of agave. This comes from a type called Tepestate. Mm -hmm. These plants can take 20, 30 years to mature one time. Wow, this is really So the nice. output yeah. of this enormous plant is, is that it matures one time and we take it out of the ground and process it and maybe it makes one bottle of something so you end up with something with 25 years of the land and the weather all in one bottle when I mean, you smell it just green and, yeah and no it took deep. me right back to Mexico like I was in I was and you're at, sitting upright I am <laughs> for the moment but uh, no it's just really fresh it's like I could it, uh, I could Later, I'm going to be tasting this, by the way. Right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And what's in the other little bottle? The other one is interesting. This is a project that some friends of mine, um, the company's actually called That Boutique Whiskey Company. They're very boutique. Um, doesn't even say it on the bottle. It's a top secret bottle. They are um, creating a blend, a world blend of whiskeys. So this is a first. But it's, we're in this very global society. We can yes. all go online. We can all go anywhere, visit mm. each other all over the place. This is a blend of Canadian whiskey, American bourbon, Taiwanese, Japanese, Scotch whiskey. Yeah all blended together wow. to be this amazing, super drinkable, you know, you like whiskey, I like whiskey. We hope Margaret likes yes, whiskey. With yes. a name like McSweeney, you've got to be drinking whiskey. It's an acquired name. It's an acquired, an acquired, well, no. well, an acquired taste, probably. Yes, and so you're really taking a, a sip of the world. Right. You're giving me, like in this, I'm feeling like everything that you said, but it's fruity. It's almost mm -hmm. like there's a... There's an undertone of grape, like it's got apricot and it's very... Mm. That's all coming from the whiskey, which yeah. is amazing. And so intended to be, if, if I wanted to drink it neat or on the rocks, great. But globally, most people, a lot of people, consume it with soda or green tea or coconut water. So it's mm. intended to be consumed the way that people all over the world are drinking it. Can I pour it in my kombucha? Absolutely. Oh, I bet it's great. Oh, this will be fun like, yeah. to watch. He's, making, he's a mixologist. <laughs> and of legal age. Yes. Exactly. That's the important thing. And if you thought that kombucha couldn't be improved upon. That's actually super delicious. Right? Wow. Now you so... so who ever thought of whiskey and kombucha? I hadn't. Yeah. Oh my God! You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the Jamie. I want to be like. I want to be like. What's it? The Vesper that the James Bond drinks. Yeah. That's my drink. I want my own drink. The this Jamie. Could be yes. It. The Jamie. The Jamie. Or yes. the Jam. That's too. That's too French. Um, <laughs> Jamie means like the way I spell it is love. I don't know. We got to name this thing. Yes. Try that. Okay. I was gonna say. I got. I mean, I'm jealous now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's actually really good. It actually is really good. Okay, well, cheers. We're doing it. We're jumping in. I think that kombucha is really good. Did I tell you I had the worst cold? Yeah. Wow. Just kidding. Um, wow. It's actually quite It nice. is. It's quite delicious. It is. I love it. So the tr what's trending right now to is mezcal. Really trending. Transparency is really trending. Being able to answer mm. every question. So... We get a lot of, and a lot of the stories are true, but we also get a lot of fabricated stories. Oh, so-and-so was a moonshiner out in their garage, and I'm retooling this recipe from 150 years ago. 
we like stories and we're mm -hmm. all storytellers, but um, many cases not accurate. So people are digging deeper and deeper. Um, and there's a lot of authentic stories out there. Yeah, and it, I, I feel like being in the wine business myself, it's very interesting to me to see all of these boutique things coming out. But in your opinion, obviously quality is, I'm sure, of utmost importance to you. But what about the label? The mm. label... You know, I, I, the label has to be able to sell the bottle almost on its own. I know. Because most of us see that label on a bar or that label on the store shelf. And if it doesn't call out to us enough to go and grab it and turn it around and take next steps, we've done a disservice to whatever's in it, no matter we what. Do a lot of label comparisons. People like to see um, years, you know, like this company mm. was established in 1880. That's like, oh, it's been around for 140 years. Okay, mm -hmm. so that must be good. Um, you know, vintages. If you're looking at a whiskey, I think very often people, 12-year-old, 18-year-old. I can afford the 18-year-old. It's more expensive. It must be better. I feel like I'm overindulged when I go into, you know, uh, a mega center of spirits and wines. There's almost too much to look at. And I think myself, I'm different. I know what I'm buying. I know what I want. But the general consumer, I think, doesn't, uh, they're overwhelmed. I mean, we also, we have such a, we have a powerful computer in our pockets. Absolutely. So you see a lot of people mm -hmm. then engaging at the shelf level with a, you know, with their, mm. um, with their phone. But also, you know, you've got, obviously here in Chicago, we've got a Benny's just down the street. The education level that they want yeah. their, uh, all of their people. I mean, it's yeah, a Yeah, I love Benny's. Benny's, they, they hire the right people. They are educated people. And they people. train them. Right. I mean, that's the biggest thing is I get brought in very often. A lot of people from my team to do wine education, yeah, spirits sure. education. Been there, done that. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah. I but remember. But you are lost and you see somebody kind of standing there. I can't help it. I go into a store and if I see somebody standing there just looking at, you know, 300 whiskey expressions, they don't know me, you know, but you're going to get a, a whole big lesson from me. But, you well, know, to walk down and say, well, what are you trying to decide mm -hmm. between and what do you like? And people are so grateful, you know, to yes. just say, oh, I've heard of, you know, Pappy Von Winky. Do you know what that is? Can you help me find something like it? Sure. And what is Papi Von Winky? It's not real. Okay. I <laughs> All right. Um, I was like, I was like, like, I didn't hear like a dog head. I was like, no, oh. there's a very, there's a very um, hard to find whiskey brand that sounds a lot like that. Okay. And a few years ago, an article was written called "The Bourbon Billionaires Can't Buy." What hmm. do you do? Tell the billionaires they can't buy something. So it became just impossible to find. And on the day that these whiskeys get released into like Binnie's, people know it. They start doing stuff on Facebook. They are at the store at 8 a.m. <laughs> waiting at the front door. And right. so can you share with us some of the stories with Wineville? Because you go out and find these producers. What, what has really, been most intriguing really about that? I mean, these, these are both like, they're just amazing families to work with. Another one that we started recently working with, um, there's a single malt scotch brand in Scotland, which Scotland's my favorite place. Um, I, um, I had known for a long time a good friend, Billy Walker, who had owned two distilleries and recently sold them off and 70 years old, takes this money and turns around, could just retire, but instead sets his family up and decides, you know, I'm going to go buy another distillery. So he goes back to a huge company, the company that makes Chivas. He goes back to Pernod and says, do you have another distillery maybe that, that you want to sell me? I think I can help build a brand again. Um, you know, at that age. And so they sold him another distillery with 40,000 barrels of whiskey. And he is now blending a new range of whiskeys for them. And so we had a great friendship. And so we have now started importing their brand in the United States. And it's so much fun to get to be a storyteller for Billy and go out and talk about his decades of work in the industry, the other brands that he built. Mm -hmm. 
but you know he's just one man and he's got a, a small and growing staff there but we are his not only eyes and ears mm -hmm. and his feedback on the ground we are the people that can carry forth his story here of just hmm. this you know one little tiny distillery in scotland so hmm. really interesting fortunate. and then going back to the food end of things yes. obviously that's where i love to focus and here in the yeah. viking uh range la Cornu showroom in the merchandise mart we do a lot of events we do a lot of events we actually have in our brand from middleby we have our own beer taps and we have lots of fun stuff to play with mm -hmm. what do you think of our showroom it's, I, I was saying, it's like a free museum where you can touch things. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I am so envious. The ideas are spinning, and I don't own a place that I can build a kitchen in. Yeah, well, so, just so okay. you know, mm -hmm. um, we do tons of events with all the top designers and you know architects and movers and shakers and socialites and chefs here in our showroom. Um, feel free to come back and, and do some wine pairings with me yeah. on our appliances. I'm always cooking something amazing on my Viking range in the kitchen. We can have some fun here. We're yes. talking about, I think we're talking about maybe doing a whiskey event. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I would love it. I'd be honored. Yeah. Winebow is uh, someone that I looked at as a distributor and never made contact with them. So you may hear from me in the future. Uh -oh. Yes, and another <laughs> story, yeah. another story to tell. And that's yes. quite a story yeah. with, with Jamie. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is so exciting. Well, thank you so much for being on Kitchen Chat and really expanding my understanding of, of oh. the spirits and I'm everything. Now, joking. I always like to leave in the show with, with a tip, maybe some tips about what someone should look for uh, before purchasing spirits. Why don't we do yes. this? Why don't we do one tip for that? Okay. Another, like, way to, because I don't think a lot of people really truly understand um, how long a good spirit lasts. Oh, that's sure. true. You know? Absolutely. Maybe a good tip for, like, what you can buy and how long it lasts. I mean, mm -hmm. let's face it. They have people, I know people. I'm one of them. That may have something in my, in my bar that should be replaced. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting question. So spirits, um, by nature, they're distilled. So they're no longer alive. The, the oh. reason that wine and beer can go bad is because there's live yeast in the bottle. Right. Spirits can't go bad. So if the bottle is unopened, you know... Right now, people are making more money off vintage whiskey than watches and gold. Yeah, hear so that. So collecting spirits, <laughs> investing in spirits is a great idea. So as they'll never go not, bad? They will never go bad. On as good long as they're unopened, you're in good hands. <laughs> oh, wait. What about if they're open? If they're open, they're actually still fine. They'll start to oxidize. Mm. They might start to come down a little bit in alcohol. And this is kind of spirits, so not vermouth, which is wine, not mm -hmm. sherry, which is wine. They kind of all get lumped in sometimes. But spirits will actually last forever. Um, so vodka, gin, all those things, fine. Whiskey, though, collectible. I mean, so that's mm. a good one to look for. If you are into scotch and there's Ardbeg, for example, has a new release of Ardbeg every year, yes. buy one. Buy two. Okay. Actually, no, buy two. That's a great <laughs> piece of advice. Buy two. Keep one and drink it. Keep one. And by the time the next year's release comes out, it's probably worth twice as much money. I never knew whiskey could be an investment. And then, and then where do you sell it? You, there's auctions, oh. there's, um, ah. there's trade groups, there's all kinds of things. There's auctions. There's one here locally. Hart Davis Hart is about to hold the largest spirits auction in the United States. Ever. Who knew? Wow. I, right I probably have some, <laughs> some value in my cupboard. That in open my bar. bottle of Seagram 7 is not going to do it. I might have a couple of closed <laughs> ones, though. Yeah, because I buy, I buy things based on um, impulse sometimes, and then I never open them. There you go. 
Yeah. Sometimes I like the bar to look pretty too. So Google yeah. it. I will. So what is the, the most expensive bottle I knew that was has coming. ever that has ever sold? It's almost oh. always bottles of McAllen single malt. So McAllen is a very iconic brand. Um, a lot of the whiskeys aged in sherry wine casks. The mm. older ones, especially from you know the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, but recently, one sold at auction for over a million dollars. What? Wow. For one bottle of scotch <laughs> from the 1920s. But um, other bottles of Macallan, um, the more so from the 1920s. Oh. Mm-hmm. So if you're in 1920s, you're pretty old now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we got to find those people. But the whiskey hasn't aged; it stays the same. That's what I'm saying. It stays it's the, the same. If it's staying the, the same. Yep. Um, a million dollars. But bottles that, that I bought amazing. ten years ago mm-hmm. worth over five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. It's unbelievable. I- this this is really a change of mindset where you can look at it as an investment. You know, your your um, bar is an investment. I always thought it was a bad investment until now. It's a good investment. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Monique. This was so much fun. And we'll make sure we have a link to Wineville Absolutely. as well. And thank you, Jamie. And we want to thank you, dear foodie friends. Cheers to you. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Make sure you visit Jamie Larita in the Viking La Cornu Showroom, Merchandise Smart, Suite 137. And also visit me in my kitchen, kitchenchat.info, and also the vikinglife.com. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.